0: Hello and
1: welcome to the Dicebreaker podcast, welcome back to the Dicebreaker podcast, we've done four of these now, this is episode five, Uh, I am Matt Jarvis, Uh, I am joined today by three more of the team, Uh, three more of the team, you've seen their faces before, they're familiar literally the exact same cast (laughs) as the last episode, (laughs) don't ruin, yeah but some people might not have seen last week's episode True. true. every time, fresh faces. Uh, And you always come with fresh conversation, so in many ways, you're brand new people. Uh, (laughs) Wills, how are you doing today?
0: I'm
2: good, thank you very much. Um, I'm currently sat next to a big box of miniatures that I'm excited to talk about, and just happy to be on the podcast. Oh yeah, Excellent stuff. Alex
1: Meehan, how are you?
3: I am raring to go. Uh, Yeah, that's probably about it, to be honest.
1: (laughs) Wow. It really comes through. (laughs) I'm raring to go. Yep. (laughs) Alex Lolis, how are you today?
4: Hello, I'm well. I recently. (laughs) I recently lost the. I I can't talk. Will to live? Uh, What? Never mind. This is episode five! That's. (laughs) That's a hand's worth of episodes. There you go. Yeah, it is, a round,
0: a round
1: hand. Uh, it was better than the last comparison we made to Star Wars and something. And someone immediately in the comments asked who would be the Jar Jar Binks of the team, which I think oh. would be Alex Meehan, right? Like, Jar Jar Binks is an Alex Meehan character.
2: I think it's more Alex Lodis than Alex Meehan. Really? If I'm perfectly honest, Yeah.
4: Don't even know who
2: that is. (laughs) Exactly. And if if it worked that well for Mr. Blobby, then... (laughs) (laughs) You all
3: know Uh, what Star Wars character I would be.
2: You'd be Jabba Jabba the... Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Lowlies. Taking no prisoners. Let's
3: let's get this straight, right? On this (laughs) podcast episode, not only have I been... (laughs) Betty Jar Jar Binks, perhaps the most hated Star Wars character in the history of ever. I've also now been called Jabba who is a, an overweight crime lord who looks like a slug, slug. slug.
4: To be fair, that does sound like a bunch of your previous uh, like RPG characters mixed together.
1: I think the thing with Jar Jar Binks is like, if anyone could redeem Jar Jar Binks, it would be the voice of Tim the Goblin. Because you would probably turn him into some scampish, you know. Oh,
3: I, I want to be the boss nass, <laughs> or I want to be. I mean, boss nass
1: is the is the middle point between Jar Jar Binks and Jabba <laughs> yeah. the Hutt. Anyway, <laughs> well, w- welcome you know. to our weekly Star Wars podcast, yeah. <laughs> in, in which we discuss the Phantom Menace. Uh, yeah, no, only
0: the fan...
3: Exclusively.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Phantom and podcast Only the Gungan sections. Um, no, we're here to talk board games and tabletop RPGs and probably a load of other stuff that doesn't have anything to do with either of those, if you couldn't tell already. So let's kick off and go around the group with what you've been playing. Let's start, let's go in reverse order. Alex Lowley's. what have you been playing this week?
4: Um, What have I been playing... Not much, uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know if it's the same with you guys, but I feel like, you know, at the beginning when this all started, everyone was like, oh my god, let's play board games. And I was literally playing games, like, every single night for several hours. And now it's, like, dwindled down to, like, people won't even, like, take their turns in, like, our Scrabble games and, like, no one's, I don't know, no one's really around and then I guess when people are around, I'm not always up for either. But I have been playing D&D Stranger Things. The, the starter pack, which has been interesting. Um, I've never played
0: that before. <laughs> <laughs> this is like wow. <laughs> so
1: the D and D Stranger Things kit is it's based on the D and D they play in Stranger Things, right? You're not playing yeah. as the kids; you're playing as like the kids' characters.
4: Yeah. yeah. So like the characters are all like pre-made. So we're, and we're all like level three as well. So I'm playing a half orc. Uh a Ranger, half orc <laughs> Ranger. Um and I named myself Orson. Awesome. And uh yeah, it was supposed to be like a one off session, but it took we played for about five or six hours and we hadn't quite gotten to the end yet, so we're gonna have another session to finish it up. But yeah, it's interesting. I've I don't know if I've ever been involved in something that's like like that before where it's like all kind of pre made and stuff. So yeah.
0: So, I, mean, I, I had been thinking about
4: maybe potentially like running something like that myself at some point because it's obviously supposed to be like the starter pack. But actually, I feel like there's a lot more information for you to take on board if you're like starting out in D and D because, like, I know your characters are like pre-made and all that, but like my character had just so much writing on all these special abilities they had because they were at level three, and I was like. I can just about like take this in now when I've played some d and d before if I'd never played before, and then all this information was like put on me I don't know if that was like if that'd be information overload, so yeah, I think that's kind of it's a strange one have has have any of you played something like that before? It's a
3: strange one yeah
4: stranger stranger there, yeah
1: <laughs> well, i've never to be honest I've never played with pre general characters do you know if there's at the end of it? It like moves you into the like the proper D and D box set, or is it just kind of like a thing in and of itself? I...
2: No idea. It was set up like a one shot, I think. Like it's right. it's supposed to be sort of one and done, but then you, obviously you can use the character sheets as much as you want. Um, but I think with pretty much anything in D D, like you you can just create whatever you want at the end of it so it it doesn't really need to have that kind of like jumping off point I guess but yeah I
1: suppose it it's just I I don't know I guess it's personal preference but it feels Mm. weird to play as like the characters created by fictional characters for a tv show and then like you're taking control of them but it would be the same if I suddenly had to play as someone else's character in D&D because I don't know half the thing with D&D is making your your alter ego yeah I think I
4: think that's a big part of it for me is that I'm I, I think that was one of the things that most attracted me to D and D or like RPGs in general was just being able to create something that's like based off a side of you or based on something, someone maybe you've always wanted to be or or just something crazy like I don't know, like a like a tiny little goblin boy. <laughs> wins every? Who cards. would make a character <laughs> like that?
2: It is weird that like I speaking as someone who's not. The biggest D and D fan, um, like I think creating your character is pretty much the like the most fun aspect of Dungeons. Mm. Like a lot of the time, I'll make something. Like I, I'm only really invested in the campaign because I'm really invested in the character I've made, and I do appreciate, although it's quite convoluted, I do appreciate the depth of um, options available in character creation in D D. So I think it is weird that when you're introducing someone into the hobby for the first time. Like, they're just sort of given a sheet. <laughs> like, I, I know it I know it sort of breaks down a barrier, but it is weird to sort of, like, take out one of the main sort of interesting aspects of the game.
0: Yeah. I
1: think I...
4: Like... Sorry, go on.
1: No, you
0: go. <laughs> no, you go. Gonna... <laughs>
4: but I was going to say, when I, when I first had my first ever game of D&D, uh, our DM was really good um, in that he... Kind of let us pick, like you know, I, I think I was a tiefling, something I can't even remember what what, what um the thing was, but uh, I was a tiefling something, and we kind of got to pick that bit of it. So we picked if we were a bard or like, um, like whatever else the like races and 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 classes were, um, and then he made the sheets for us based on that. But we kind of created a part of it, and then obviously like created the look and everything else ourselves. So it was like I think that was a bit nicer because it was a way for me to kind of learn the ropes to a certain extent but like have an input but not be like over over informed with all the info that you get in D&D um yeah
1: hmm. Hmm. cool uh all right if that's just about what you've played Lolis
4: that's about it yeah
1: all right uh Alex me in Europe. what have you been playing
0: Oh, my goodness. Uh, what yeah, nice.
1: what's the latest
2: on Scythe? <laughs> <laughs> we go to our eyes right <laughs> in the skies now for this, the weekly Scythe report from Alex Meehan.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm in the chopper. Um, <laughs> chopper
2: the droid. Chopper the droid.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm... Chopper the droid has suddenly become enormous, and I'm riding around inside of inside of him. <laughs> Just throwing eggs, whapping Robot eggs. Robot
1: Vore <laughs>
3: <laughs> No! Wheels! <laughs> <laughs> Matt Jarvis Sorry, is like <laughs> this has gone off the rails. Um Yeah, funnily enough, I haven't actually had a chance to play Cypher this week. Um I've got plans to play it later this week, so I can like Imagine maybe what it will be like. like. How about you just tell
2: us what you've actually been
0: playing this week? <laughs>
3: I'm envisioning a win. Um, probably not. No, I've been playing. Uh, I'm my friend and I. We played Surro of the Seas. Yeah, mm. that's uh, a good game. Which is a version of Surro, uh, which I believe. Mr. Whelan has talked about before on this here podcast. Uh um,
2: I've I've talked about yeah the original I haven't talked about overseas although I have played it. It's kind of like a sequel almost, isn't it? It just sort of adds yeah. a new new rule set on top.
3: Mm. So Classic Suro is a game where you have to yeah maneuver across a board using like tiles of lines drawn on them and avoid hitting other players' pawns and or getting like in, you know on a path where it leads you off the board. Whereas like Sura of the Seas is that but also it adds to it with like additional elements of dragons and sea monsters. So um, every time you start the game, you roll to place dragons on the board and then you have to essentially avoid the dragons and avoid other players and not, you know, get led off the board as well. So it's like the base game, but added. Um, and I would say, playing with just two players, like, I'm very happy to play that game because it works really well with the additional dragons. Because I would not play the original Suro if it was just two people. Yeah, it's like, a, bit, it's a bit dull too. It would be boring because, like, you've got this enormous board and you could be on either side of it and then it could be, like, you know, ages until anything vaguely exciting happens. Yeah, Whereas, it just kind
2: of kind of simulates having other people on the board, really, doesn't
3: it? Yeah, it does almost because, like, if you if you are adjacent to a dragon at any point, you just die. So in some ways, it's quite harsh because they can they'll move during like the game if a certain number is rolled on a set of dice, uh, and one minute you're like, oh, I'm high and dry, and the next minute. Sorry, you're you're just going to go into a dragon on your next turn, Um, but it's so quick to set up that it doesn't again like the elimination aspect doesn't really affect it that much. Like it's still fun to play. Um, Also, it's really gorgeous. Like the board is really well illustrated. The little boats, there are little plastic boats that you play with, look really nice um also calopy games i think they're called um the publisher they included a booklet with like their other games in it i have never seen a more beautifully made booklet than that (laughs) like seriously it's just like a product booklet but like it's lovingly crafted like the the paper like it's card like the card is really like Nice and the I've illustrations got a, inside.
2: Got a Corvus cool, Belly press kit here, if that helps. Ooh, delicious! Look at that. That's this works
1: really well on an audio. Put po- on the audio <laughs> mode of the podcast. Just the Dicebreaker team describe good-looking booklets.
3: Ooh, this
2: one's shiny.
3: Ooh, look at
2: the cardstock on this bad boy. <laughs>
3: one of those books you get when you're a kid that have the little different textiles on them like the fluffy Mm. bit and maybe the shiny bit those are great yeah yeah but um uh, don't mock me i was i really (laughs) i really liked it i was impressed um other than that i i've been playing uh games with mr jarvis that's right yeah uh, we we played some games on tabletop simulator, did we not, Mister Jarvis?
1: We did. We played a couple of deck builders last night, mm. which um, I enjoyed very much.
3: Yes, we we played uh, legendary alien encounters,
1: mm, which went really well.
3: Oh, it was so <laughs> bad! <It's> like <laughs> for some reason, I don't believe you. Uh,
1: we played well. We played a couple times. Uh, the first time we made it. What three turns in? Maybe being
2: it's legendary <laughs> co-op.
1: Yeah. Well, there are are advanced rules in the alien version for if someone gets killed, they can come back as an alien, which is quite fun. And then the expansion lets someone play as the alien queen, but we were playing (laughs) just together, which was hard enough as it was, really.
3: Yeah, that game does not mess about, like...
2: Mm -hmm. Yep. I feel like I haven't like I. I really want to play more co op deck builders because we, um, me and Loli streamed the co op version of Star Realms um, like a couple of months back. It was really, really fun. I've, like I've, you don't often get to play a deck builder where you're not just trying to slam on the other person. Mm. Uh. Star no. Realms is crap, though, isn't it?
4: <laughs> oi, oi, oi! Get out of here! Nah, Star, Whoa, Realms, is good. Star Realms is the best game. It's very will, good, and I will stand by that. I taught <laughs> someone how to play game. Star Realms
2: for the first uh, first time a couple of days ago. Who Toto? Yes, I taught Toto <laughs> how to play Star Realms. He was terrible at it, uh, but it was great because I beat him like three times in a row. So, and
3: <laughs> um, no, that yeah, we we played some games of that and they did not go well. At one point, we were playing with some more people, uh, alien that is, and uh, we were just we were just essentially all in a in a room that was absolutely stuffed to the brim with aliens like because there's no limits how many aliens can enter like the combat zone as it's called um so i think at one point how many were like nine yeah. aliens were in there at one
1: point, yeah something like that and some of them do double strikes so like the strikes are the cards you draw to take wounds which can be a random number of wounds so I think about three or four turns in, we we discovered the perfect organism, which is we were playing based on the first Alien film, which is the Alien of Alien fame. Uh, and if it, entered, if it gets into the combat zone, you can't kill it. It just sits there and absolutely brutalizes you with double strikes every turn. And so from there, we then built up more and more aliens. And we were drawing, I think at one point, we were drawing like 12 strikes every turn. And given that the players have about 10 health... And some yeah. of these strikes can do up to five damage. Oh my God.
3: <laughs> yeah, we were doomed at one. Well, right at the end, it was me left.
0: <laughs> it's no use, guys.
3: I can't reach the, the straight deck. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get in the combat zone because <laughs> um, it's full of. I, I was asking legitimately, how could you fit that many aliens in one space? Like, they must have been packed to the brim in there. They can't have been enjoying it. Like, and it was just me left in there, essentially my character. So I'm sat there while all these aliens are just, like, rolling on top of one another. And I had, like, free health left. And I drew the strikes. So I was like, come on, come on. And, of course, there is no way I would have survived it just
2: that. reminds me, have you seen that picture? It's, like, a screenshot from... Um... Zoo tycoon, or something, and there's like 80 different humpback whales in one pool. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little notification that says humpback whale number 27 is not happy.
3: <laughs> yeah, picture oh, that, God. but aliens,
2: but full of xenomorphs. Yeah, xenomorphs
3: <laughs> and eggs, the eggs as well, and the face huggers, yeah. and the little ones that pop out of like your chest and skitter off when they're like little babies,
1: the chest bursters. <laughs>
3: You know, but they're not called chestbursters anymore once they're out of the body. They're called like skitterers, I think.
1: Yeah, but... that, I think that's one of my favourite things about that game is because obviously in Alien, there's really only the aliens that there's aliens, there's chestbursters, there's facehuggers and eggs, but they obviously needed lots of different types of alien enemy, so they give them different names. So there's like skittering xenomorph. And there's like, Pretty oh, meddle, was it meddle, Meddlesome Xenomorphs, yeah, which was just my made favorite. him sound kind of like
3: <laughs> this scampish kind of, <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, you Meddlesome Xenomorphs? Yeah. Uh, and
3: the art for one of them, I said, was very reminiscent of a lot of comic book art for certain female characters when their chests and their chest and behind are somehow in the same image. You know, when they're like twisted torsos, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. One of them looked like that. I was like, what's it trying to do, allure us? It's trying to like, like, put us off with its, its sexy posing. <laughs> it was pretty, yeah, because then we got a
1: whole line of them, so they looked like backup dancers.
3: But. <laughs> 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 but the mod for that game is really cool, the one we played. Like, it's got like, it had little... Uh, eggs on the table and little <gasps> face hugger models and stuff. It, it was really cool. Amazing. As an Alien fan I was enjoying it. And of course I have made one of the models really big. <laughs> and just yeah, rolled it around on the board. Uh, what else did we play Matt Jarvis?
1: Uh, we played Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Mm. Uh, another co-op deck builder. We were t- like on a bit of a train with co-op deck builders but mm. that had well, no we- no xenomorphs.
3: Yeah, we'd been bitten by alien, quite literally. And we wanted something a bit <laughs> more gentle and easier. So we, we went to Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, um, which the art is based on the movies. And oh my lord. Uh, <laughs> imagine those cards, but like translated via like pictures. So
4: I remember fi- seeing the art in I think we had it in the office. Uh, was that was that
3: that game? Uh, yeah, we had yeah, like the was...
1: spin-off version, but yeah, it's oh. much the same.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah someone was... had taken pictures of pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, those cards. So it was like grainy, a grainy picture of like <laughs> Ron on the floor, like sweating at one point. <laughs> uh... <laughs> um, but no, we. It was fun.
1: Yeah, that game's like it's pretty good. Like it's yeah. it's absolutely solid as a deck builder. It does the deck building thing. And like it has its chapters where it adds slightly more cards, even though it kind of like weirdly breaks the timeline because you've got like eighteen-year-old Draco Malfoy beating up on like nine-year-old Harry Potter
0: <laughs> oh, in the early yeah. things.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they only have, they only bothered to print out one card for Draco, so it's just sixteen-year-old Draco like like get like beating up eleven-year-old you know Ron Weasley and his pals. Um, I was playing as um, Level- Neville Longbottom. Oh yeah, of course you were. Yeah, that classic character who we all know and love. And uh, my favourite card was Trevor, Trevor the Toad, MVP, <laughs> the, the best character. Is that his? Is that his? His pet.
4: That's his alter ego. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: that's what he turns into, like an animorph. <laughs> yes. Oh
3: my goodness. No, they all have
1: pets. Yeah, they do. Although I think Harry, Harry has Hedwig. One of them has like the Nimbus 2000 or something like that. I think it's, it's Ron. A pet. <laughs> Ron doesn't no, no, have no, no, Scabbers. Ron, no, Ron. But he, he doesn't does. start with Scabbers, does he? I don't
3: uh, know. He's started... playing Ron. <laughs> oh. Oh, I, think I hate this
4: conversation. Wigeon. Let's crack on. <laughs> yeah, Anyway. He does uh, start with Scabbers, but then
3: Scabbers turns into your man. <laughs> no no no. No Lolis. Scabbers is a rat. He he starts with Pigwidgeon The owl, Yeah, it's pig-w- Pigwidgeon uh... Scabbers. Spoiler alert for a really old film. Is actually like a forty year old man <laughs> pretending to be a rat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: yeah. As Lolis put it, he turns into your man.
3: Yeah. Oh, you like, said you're that mad. cracks
2: me up when you call anything your man. <laughs> I don't know why oh, it's gosh
0: I know it's,
4: it's the perfect word to use when you don't know somebody's name, and I never know anyone's name, so <laughs> I use it a lot.
3: I thought you said he turned into a rat, and I was like, no, look, I was like, no, <sighs> no, he is a rat.
2: Let's move
1: anyway. on. Wills what have you been playing?
2: <laughs>
3: oh,
0: Wills well,
2: Hmm. Yeah, me. I...
3: <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Sat there patiently.
2: <laughs> I hate Harry Potter. Well, the adults <laughs>
3: talk. No, Harry Potter is the best. Yeah, yeah go isn't. on. I... So you don't even know I the
2: name of right. your man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you don't know the name of your man, are you a true Harry Potter fan?
3: Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> yes, that
2: man. Right. I've might... been playing, or at least I've been sort of playing, um, Infinity <laughs> Code 1, which I believe we just put an article up about, uh, or at least we will have done by the time this goes live. I'm having to get all of the things off of the box so I can show you the box. Uh, But this is a sort of stripped down, um, streamlined version of one of my favourite miniatures games, which appears on our list of um, good miniatures games that aren't Warhammer, which is Infinity by Corvus Belli. Um, It is a sort of sci-fi, like, it's got like a very manga aesthetic, like it reminds me of like uh, Ghost in the Shell and that kind of vibe to it. Um, It's like far distant future Everything's very like cyberpunk And high tech And it is cool as hell Uh, The miniatures that come in this box are incredible I've got this little flamer dude here Who I think looks absolutely amazing Uh, And he's got a big barrel of flame juice On his back there So looks pretty good Um,
0: Does he say flame on, Will?
2: Flame on! He, you don't have the benefit of that if you're listening, but uh, that Perfect just means you'll to have say. to come over to the Dicebreaker YouTube channel and hit subscribe. Um, so, yeah, it's... To be you fair, have to
4: there's...
2: subscribe, otherwise you can't see this video. Yeah, it's, it's logged. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this video requires a Facebook Gold account this to view. This
3: high-quality content is <laughs> logged. You need to be verified. <laughs>
4: um,
2: yeah, the, um, the rule set is still quite um, similar to the base rules. But I think they've just sort of taken out a few of the more like confusing aspects, and they've just said just ignore them basically. Like this is this is like the core of the rule set. Like if you're playing Infinity, this is like the the basics. Um, and then if you ever feel like you know maybe it's too simplified at some point, and I, to be fair, I think it will take a little while before you get to that point because, like I said, it's still got most of the the sort of like grit that you get in the game, most of the sort of like core gameplay of it. But once you get to that point where you're like, I want to go super in-depth now, that's when you start um, getting the full-fat rule set, which I think they're putting out a fourth edition of soon as well. Um, so there's a new full-on rule set, and then there's Code 1, which is a bit more friendly uh, to new players. But there is one thing about Code 1, it only has four factions in it at the moment. Mm. So you can only play as Combined Army, Yujeng, um the O-12, who I think are like the UN or something. Uh, and Pan-Oceania, who are Australian Templars, which is, yeah, great. But yeah, there you go. It's really, really cool. Um, I really, really like the scenery that they've they've put in the box because I've grabbed a starter set before. And to be fair, i could probably show you. Yeah, actually. So this is the um, one of the old starter packs. And it comes with like this like super thin... Um, cardboard scenery that you just pop up like it's literally Uh, like a sheet of paper almost Um, which is very functional and it works but it's super flimsy and when you're you're playing with metal miniatures as well like they can bend and you really have to support them to make them work properly whereas the new set (gasps) oh my god comes with this like thick cardstock stuff that's like it's almost like you guys have played Colt Express right? Yes! Yeah think of the train from that yeah like, imagine buildings made out of that sort of thickness card material, and it's actually really, really nice stuff. Like, I would happily put this on a proper professional table. Um, it's obviously not quite as detailed as the, like, super realistic um, plastic and laser-printed stuff, but, like, it's it's really, really good. Um, so I think this is definitely, like, a really good, like, start point for new players to, to get in. I'm going to write, like, a little, maybe, like, a preview or, like, a why you should play Code 1 kind of thing coming up on the website at some point, but, yeah. Pretty cool. Ooh, Call it Express seems...
0: is a great game also. Call Express is, is great. <laughs> yes. One is. might Slaps. say it's
2: one of the ten best train
1: games. <laughs> <laughs> who could say? I think uh, it's probably the best
4: train game.
0: Oh, oh look infectious. at
1: him. Look at him. He's so upset. Well, uh, well, uh, actually, it's not technically a train <laughs> game because it misses the core concepts of route building and pick up and do... Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's the train no, it's segment, great. everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. <He's> <laughs> Call oh, Express God, is
1: fantastic, up. agreed. And Infinity looks really good. I've not played loads of it myself, but I really like the way it looks, and mm. I this am got a big ever co-mon. more tempted.
4: Oh, yeah all Stop doing a show and tell on a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah. Although he laughs> does I worked
2: hard on them, ladies.
1: <laughs> Too much show, not enough tell. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. Pff-
2: I said he had a big coat on. That's for people at home. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, that's really getting the imaginative juices flowing.
4: <laughs> Imagine a guy, right?
0: Yeah. He's got a big coat on. think we you just Imagining know. like that's a massive puffer jacket
1: just <laughs> <laughs> out in space. Uh, cool, yeah. Infinity seems rad. And code Something one seems that, neat.
4: Th-
1: sorry, go on. I know, that was it.
4: Uh, I was just going to say something that no no, 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 neither of us have mentioned. I really can't talk today. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, neither Wheels, Mian, or myself have mentioned it, but we played Burgle Bros as well. Yeah, of course. Spoken. I was just thinking about it when Mian was talking about uh, the co-op games and how she got absolutely, well, how you guys got absolutely destroyed. And I was like... I recently got destroyed in a co-op <laughs> game, <laughs> and I was trying to think what it was. Have you was. or
2: your friends been destroyed in a co-op game recently? <laughs> and, cool well, today. We
4: played, it, <laughs> we played it on our live stream last Thursday with Ellen from uh, Orchestra, and I'd never played it before. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. Like I actually now that I've just remembered that it exists, I really want to play it.
2: Burger Rose is fantastic. I've it's got great. I've got a physical copy of it. And I've, I'm missing about three cards, and it oh. breaks my heart because it, like, it, it. I think it does actually make it unplayable, but they just got lost in my boot somewhere, and I have no idea where they are. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think if you use all of them. <laughs> what yeah. you
0: said in your boot? I thought you meant in your boot that you wear on, this, on your
2: foot. And I was like, why were you keeping? that? Uh, do you not keep your board games in your shoe collection? <laughs> I've just combined them into one more efficient collection.
3: Are you, are you telling me, Lolis, that Wheels has some sort of wormhole in his boot? Where, like, dropped yeah. will drop the tiles down there and never see them mm. again. I've got, I've got <laughs> a
2: TARDIS shoe. <laughs> Have you ever seen
1: Wheels' <laughs> feet? I haven't. I when,
2: um, when I played... Uh, when I played Arkham Horror, I was playing it was his ex girlfriend. I was playing it with the first time I played it through. But we didn't have like a bag to put the tokens in, so we got one of her boots and called it the Chaos Boot <laughs> uh, that we had to delve see? into to draw a token. <laughs> this is a thing in
4: Wheels World. I told you. Yeah, Wheels is World. Wheels World, Come on
1: in. That's the new wheels segment.
4: Wheels World. La 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 la.
0: World. No 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 no, no. Welcome <laughs> to Wheels <Wielders> World. <laughs>
1: Anyway, I've been playing Oriflam. <laughs> uh, well, which sorry? Well, I've been playing Oriflam to try and move oh. this along, because <laughs> who would have thought we're running over time for this little bit that was meant to what? be a short, hey, what have you been up to? It started you with Lonelys move- going, I haven't played anything, and that has been like 40 minutes. Uh, you
4: want to move on from Wheels' World? <laughs> sorry, yes, Auriflam We're all on. living
1: in Wheels' World.
0: We No, 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 no. Wheels' World, we're just living in it.
1: Uh yeah I played OriFlam which I reviewed for the website uh which I really 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 like um it's kind of I describe it as a bit a bit love letter and a bit game of thrones because it's uh, I, did, I played it with did I play it all, with all three of you in the office before we uh, We have played it. Yeah, we played it a lot we? were there. I'm certain that Lowly's was there.
4: I don't
1: think so. This is gonna be another one of those <laughs> I've never played X and Will's going, Yes you have, I taught you <laughs> But no. just deeming it not important enough to remember.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <I never laughs> this game. Uh
1: anyway, Auriflam yeah, so it's <laughs> so you you start with a a hand of ten cards but you take out three randomly. Everyone has the same ten <gasps> cards but you remove three at random. Sound yeah. familiar? <laughs> it's almost remember. like we played it together.
4: I do remember this game. I did really bad. Y- well, yeah that's why, not, that's why that memory it's
1: kind of brutal um like love letter so it's every turn everyone plays a card to the middle in a, in a row so you play it to either the left or the right of the row um, and in later ends you can cover it over your own cards and then you go along the row um in the order of a spear uh, the resol- uh, the resolution direction marker as they call it, which is a really clumsy way of calling it an arrow. Colonel, activate your resolution direction (laughs) marker. (laughs) But you you then go along uh, the cards, and any cards that... So you play them face down, and you decide whether you want to reveal them. And if you don't reveal them, you put an influence on them. So influence is the points that you're after. And if you do reveal it, you then get to do its ability. And the abilities are generally... that either get more influence or basically just be really nasty to everyone around you, Mind so you game. can yeah, so you can assassinate people with like an archer, so you assassinate the first or last card in the row, you can assassinate the the character next to you, you can steal from the person next to you, so it becomes this really kind of take that ish kind of i 'm mm. stealing from you or killing your cards before you get a chance to use them, or you know stopping you getting points, but there's mm. a really fun kind of do I hold off to try and get as many points as possible? But the more points that stack up on a card, the like the more risk it's at because people will start to target it and think that you know uh, they're going to try and stop you getting kind of a bounty of points. But then there's a card that's an ambush, so if you attack it, it gives the person even more points. So it kind of turns into this bluffing game. Oh. And then, like I say, later on, you can cover over cards in the middle of the row so you can kind of protect them or even kind of insert a card into the middle of something to get more points it's really good uh it's also really cheap it's like just over 10 quid um i think it's the first game from i think they're part of a book publisher uh the french book publisher hatchet um Mm. they're called like studio h but this is the first game they put out and it's a blinder it's really good
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah it did really well at the ASOR, did it not?
1: Yeah, it won the, the Asdor, the French kind of game of the year award um when it came out in French. So, yeah, it's the I think the only downside particularly at the moment is that you have to it's best with basically as many people as you can play it with. I think it's 3 to 5 players, um but oh. it definitely plays be- better with 5 uh, more
2: towards that end of the scale. It was uh, it was definitely one of those games where I, like, halfway through us playing our first game, I figured out how to play the game. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's too late now. I've completely screwed this. <laughs> but
1: I think the thing with it is, like, Love Letter I like, but Love Letter is very much, you draw the card, you have two choices, and you you are nearly always basically going to go with the same thing. You know, there are certain combinations where you always play a certain card or... Whatever. Like, generally, it's kind of quite luck-driven, whereas this actually feels strategic enough, where it's like, oh, I'm going to go at the end because I want to see what other people reveal, but obviously there's a risk in there, or I can go up front and hope that I beat them to it, or I can play, you know, it, it just has that little bit extra, but it's not that much more complicated. Um, mm-hmm. As I kind of wrote in the review, the only thing I don't like about it is the fact that it's the box opens like a box of matches, so this, the tray slides out, but it slides out at the bottom. So, where the cover art is, if you pick it up with the cover art towards you and orientated correctly, the tray just drops straight out of the bottom, which I've discovered on many oca- an occasion mm. now.
2: This it's
3: is like a weird an reference. It's like an ambush, match Jarvis. You'll be yeah, exactly. ambushed <laughs> yes. by yes.
2: the box. It's very it's messy. It's a weird reference, but the, the Total War Warhammer 1 collector's edition did the same thing, but it was a book about this big <laughs> and it had like a stone horn in it. <laughs> oh, so literally God. like you'd pick it up and it'd just go, whoa, cake! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I I
1: really, really like it. And I think mm. if people like Love Letter, there's that element, but it's a little bit more strategic. But it's very lightly themed. It's that's where the game of thrones bit comes into it. You're each family's competing for the throne and you're basically just stabbing each other and whatnot. But it's, it's, it's really something I think it could be, I think if enough people kind of, cause it doesn't have the most attractive name Oriflam, you know, it seems mm-hmm. a bit medieval. Like a and... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, it's a standard banner, but, um, yeah, it's not like, it's not a fun name. It doesn't really scream like pick me up and have fun with me. Um, but it's, it, I think it is really, really good. And I think if I enough really people wish... try it, it should get as good as Love Letter. or as as. big Not
2: like the name Matt Jarvis does.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't start this fight. I didn't get to pick <laughs> my name. Matt,
3: Yeah, Matt, um, I really wish more games screamed at you, pick me up and have fun with me. You own, just like continuously. Uh, um, well, I think I'd definitely get a coffee. I it's, think it's yeah, on my it's list good. to get.
1: Uh, all right, uh, let's move on to news, shall we? Because <laughs> uh, there's actually quite a bit of news um, this week. Uh, up oh. front, there's there's the big announcement of that, uh, particularly for us here in the UK. UK Games Expo is cancelled this year.
4: Yeah,
1: uh, they that's,
4: that's hit me very hard this week. Not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, so uh, they previously announced it was. It's normally held kind of at the beginning of June, so it's like the very end of May. It's that half term holiday. Uh, they had announced, I think, in March or maybe a little bit earlier than that, that it was delayed to August. And now they've just said, nope, it's just not not happening this year uh, because of the, obviously, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, they did, in their announcement, there's no mention of it in the text or in any documents that they put out. But the image they put out with the, the announcement that the physical event was cancelled, it just says Virtual Expo TBC. But there's absolutely no information on that at the moment. So there's no no <laughs> word as to what that is or where it might happen. Um, but that's very similar to Origins over in the US, which has been delayed to October for the time being. Um, and they are running a virtual convention, um, which is, again, they haven't said what that is. But Origins were like, oh, you can demo games and things like this. It's like, how does that work over the internet? But I, I suppose we'll find out. It's a it's an interesting one. And, and out the back of that, Essen Spiel, which is the big German event, uh, the world's biggest kind of board game convention, uh, which tends to have kind of the lion's share of big releases, uh, particularly for board games, they've come out and said that's still on for the time being. It's not postponed. It's not delayed. It's still happening <coughs> um, towards the end of October. Um, but obviously that's a little further bit out. So who knows where we might be by the time October rolls around. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And, and Gen Con actually, <coughs> excuse me, uh, which takes place in July, August time. Um mm-hmm that That is also still on that's over in the u s so kind of the two probably the two biggest events of the the u s and and Europe are still on for now um I think Gen con is more of the bigger question mark given that the summer is now looking more and more or less and less likely i suppose mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's a it's a hard time, but obviously you know you feel for folks working at events and and for smaller uh, creators and publishers at the moment who who depend on those cons to kind of make their money and to get the word out about their games because it's it's harder and harder to actually get people to discover your game even if your game is amazing sometimes it just slips under the radar and I think well, cons well, like, are one of those
2: places. I think ninety percent of board games like um, judge their release times around when events are hitting, so it's like yeah. you know, it is it is this strange number of like when when are things actually going to come out now?
1: Yeah, so. And yeah, particularly in such a physical world, you know, you get mm-hmm. you would get limited releases at Gen Con of five hundred copies or a thousand copies before it hit the shops. But what does that now look like, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: I think uh, only really only time will tell. But the the longer this goes on, the kind of more uh, well, not even interesting. It's just it's obviously a, a sad situation. It's it's hard for a lot of folks out there. So obviously, mm-hmm. heart goes out to people affected by it, and hope people are doing as well as they can be.
3: Yeah, good luck. I don't yeah. think Gen Con's going to happen. Like,
1: I would be very surprised. I'm
3: surprised that they're still saying it's going on. I think even Essen, like, I think for an event of that size, considering, again, having not been, from what I've heard, it's just packed in there, like, I would be surprised even on October if it's going to happen. But we'll see. Like
1: Yeah, I think you know. it's it's a complicated situation between the people that run the event and the people who own the venue and mm. ticket holders and exhibitors and there's a lot of people who are obviously woven into every event that happens. Um so I think some of it is timing, some of it is just trying to some of it might be optimistic thinking, but I think yeah. no nobody's out. I don't think anybody is out, you know, being risky or trying to put anyone in in danger or anything like that i think they're just trying to to do what's best by as many people as possible but
3: no Uh, i would just say i think it's probably connected to the venue um but the earlier that they announce these things the more time they'll have to potentially put something else in place um like for example these virtual conventions and things like but, again, we don't know all the story, so... Yeah. Uh, we're just sad that all these events are cancelled, and um, for the people who rely yeah, on that for their, their business, and also, we can't go there and look at amazing games ourselves, so...
1: Yes. Uh, in slightly more upbeat news, we actually had an email about this, I'll read this email very quickly, uh, from Charlie Effridge-Nunn, who says, Hi, Dicebreakers. Johnny was talking about Deadlands in a recent episode which was a system I enjoyed many years ago. Which version do you use and do you have any thoughts on the Kickstarter for the new edition? Uh, And I bring this up because A, there is a new version of Deadlands on Kickstarter, um, which I was going to mention anyway, and B, we have some Deadlands players in the team. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this.
4: On what? Sorry, on deadlands. <laughs> that will be the one. Yeah.
1: yeah! <laughs> you just pumped. Just pumped a beer. here. Uh, so I love yeah, deadlands. Charlie. Yeah, deadlands. Charlie was asking which um, which version do you use, and do you have any thoughts on the Kickstarter for the new edition? Um, I don't know which
4: version we, we
0: use. Um, do you
3: know what I mean? Yeah, we use the uh, Deadlands Reloaded, which was released in like early two thousands. Um, so it's been a good long while since they released an update. So like Deadlands, it's a little confusing because they call it an addition, an but technically it's based on a system called Savage Worlds, um, which got a new ver- a new edition last year. Um, so Deadlands is more is a setting rather than a full on system, but like it yeah it's uh the new edition is called Wa- uh weird west sorry um which confused me as well because the setting is so often referred to as the weird west that um I didn't realize that was the name of the new edition um yeah we like uh reloaded well enough don't we lolies yeah i love it um
4: mm-hmm. we've been playing we we were supposed to have like a one off session in the office before christmas sometime uh johnny johnny G, uh GM'd and there was, it was just all girls. So there's a bunch of, I think, five or six girls in in the group, and then Johnny GMing, which was really nice. And it was supposed to be a one-off thing, just like we were doing RPGs in the office, and we all enjoyed it so much that we were like, let's let's do this again! And we've met up, or like, you know, physically and virtually since, since this has been ongoing um, a, a good few times, maybe five mm-hmm. or six times mm. since then, and we're having an absolute blast. I, I yeah. think Deadlands is probably... One of my favourite RPGs, like, RPGs that I've played since I've started playing RPGs. I think it's, it's definitely one of my top two, I'd say.
3: Yeah, I'm like Sa- Savage Worlds is very like easy to get your head around. It's a fairly straightforward system of where you all have base skills. And like even characters will even have... Uh, in the new edition, uh, mm-hmm. for example, characters now have a, a base set of skills that everyone has um, and then you can kind of choose your specifics from there um, which I think is a fantastic idea but then the skills themselves aren't number modifiers they're just dice so like you would roll a, you always roll a d4 but then you can roll like a d6 along with that or a d8 so it's not like specific number modifiers it's just the type of dice you roll which I think is awesome because it keeps things like really like yeah simplified and it puts the emphasis on the world itself which is really interesting because it's like supernatural horror wild west it's uh, awesome yeah rather than like oh look at my modifiers hang on i need to add 36 <laughs> to this this role or whatever um no uh johnny keeps saying how excited he is about the the deadlands a
4: weird West he, I I think just, he's, yeah,
1: he's, like, he's like read his way through that one already like the <laughs> new book right for that um, but yeah. I think we'll, we'll be playing that on the soon we will yeah uh, we'll tease it <laughs> and That's not, not give a specific only. date <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah yeah. we will be uh, for, those of, uh, for those listeners who have been watching Dungeon Breaker our D&D series uh, which is just coming to the end of it. Actually, this weekend, in fact, uh, mm. will be the the last episode of the first season of Dungeon Breaker, um, and then we'll be taking a very short break, which will include some new Deadlands um, before we go back to D and D. So I am yeah. excited. I've never I've never played Deadlands, so yeah, me neither. So I'm I'm excited to just dig in and kind of see how it goes because it has all the elements that sound really good, and like your group sounds like it always has a blast of it. So
3: yeah, if you like rip roaring yeehaw. Action! Then uh keep your eyes out for our deadlands. And
2: I do very love very excited to, to bring out my Benoit voice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no,
2: no, uh,
3: no! I
1: feel here. like I go to Foghorn Leghorn as my default. Oh, no, 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 no! Oh, oh,
3: viewers and listeners, you are in for a treat <laughs> when it comes. When it I comes think, to action, accents. I think me and yeah. and
4: I are both bringing our characters from our existing Deadlands game into this game, and we both love our characters a lot. So, mm. and they're well established. So it'll be interesting to see how they do with a new, a new group, because <laughs> obviously everyone in our group kind of knows us at this point. <laughs>
1: I'm excited. Yeah. From what I've heard about your characters, they both sound very good, so I'm chuffed to get the chance to just play opposite them and also a little intimidated by trying to come up with anything <laughs> close to that. Uh all right. Uh so shifting on, speaking of D&D actually, just a very quick one, uh especially as you mentioned the Stranger Things set lowlies Uh last year was apparently the biggest year for D&D evs. Uh so in its 46 year history,
3: Um, hearing you say that word (laughs) is like dad's saying like one of those cool kid words you know like oh wow
1: thanks so much
3: (laughs) I'm (laughs) trying to say (laughs) how do you
2: do fellow adventurers
1: (laughs) 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 so they so Wizards of the Coast this is very it was very much like a back patty kind of look how great we are Uh, so they were a little bit I've, I'm actually following up with them um, to to find out some more details because they say, like, D&D has 40 million fans. And it's like, what does that mean? Is that people that actually play the game or is that just people that have heard of D&D and go, yeah, I like it? Like, they've... <laughs> uh, yeah, goblins, yeah. Like, uh, take that one off. Um, so, <laughs> but um, but the interesting stat out of this is the um, sales of... Uh, so let me find this specific phrasing. So we're 100% accurate. Sales of introductory boxed products. Uh, so basically, like the five E starter set, and th- I think that also includes things like the starter, uh, the Stranger Things set as well, because it's you can pick it up and get going with it. They quadrupled in sales year on year, which is a big old jump. They went up three hundred percent. So and they haven't given again. They haven't given specific numbers of how many they sold. So they could have gone from one to four, but <laughs> but presumably D and D is selling at least a a sizable number of copies to begin with being mm. the you know the biggest rpg going um so yeah it's just it's just kind of an interesting thing of you know there's a lot of talk about things like critical role and you know obviously like our own dungeon breaker thing ox venture things like that and how more and more people are getting into dnd but this is just kind of backing up that i guess anecdotal feel of a lot of people want to play D. Um, and obviously, that's that's before all of this happened as well. Where I think uh, that's kind of sparing even more people to pick I up. I can't
4: believe um, Dungeon Breaker managed to increase
3: the sales. Yeah, I know much. we've only been going it's like great. six months. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Uh, um, yeah, I, yeah, I can see why it's happening because if we like when we've looked at those numbers for how many people are playing what RPGs online. Uh, D and D Five E is just like miles ahead of every other system. Like percentage wise, it's huge gap. And I mostly think it's to do with brand recognition, Mm. because like D and D is just the name of it. Number one, like uh, when you're talking about role playing games, you often just use the term D and D because it's a term that like most people who maybe haven't been in the sphere of tabletop RPGs have at least heard of, like, v and So, you know, they've got the brand recognition, they've got Stranger Things, obviously, referencing it and making, you know, the nostalgia goggles for it. And also, I mean, Winters of the Coast have their... they're, They're clever. Like, they know how to market things. They make it easily available, like... They use conventions to get the, the word out there and, obviously, shows like Critical Role. And I would love the idea as much as, again, D&D 5E is great, um, but I'd love the idea of having more people migrate from D&D 5, you know, 5E. Did I say 5 e No. Don't know. Uh, D&D that. 5E to like other role-playing Games and systems, because there's just so many out there, and I think mm. people overlook them. Because, and again, like with you, Lonely, talking about the Stranger Things starter pack, like, like pre-written campaigns, pre-drained characters. I've met so many people who are like, I, I find this really hard to get into uh, with like less experience, um, and I'm just sat there going, please. The, look at this cool stuff, I'm like pointing over pointing over there, going, look at this cool stuff, just piles and piles of of r p g books, so uh yeah, good for them, i guess
1: yeah, I saw it so d and d's been in the in the chatter recently for various reasons, but um someone much cleverer than me I'm, i apologize because I can't remember who they were uh on twitter said that d and d's kind of like the Mcdonald's of role playing games and the I don't think anyone's pretending that it's you know really incredible but it it is just one of those things that people go to because they kind of know what it is it's a relatively known quantity you know it's mm. the fantasy you expect but yeah sometimes it feels like as big as D&D now feels i don't know whether that is also translating to people going beyond that like exploring things like you know deadlands or the root rpg or what have you just these smaller indie rpgs that a lot of the time are like you say, mean, easier to pick up. Cheaper and, as well. Yeah, and more like. interesting worlds and stuff like that, you know, not just relatively generic fantasy still. Yeah. Um, so I think there's still, there's still that barrier there and I think it will always be there just because it's so big. Um, but it's, it is definitely interesting to see. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, speaking of big popular properties, here's two together. Alex Mean, you wrote this story on <laughs> Risk, Warhammer 40,000. <laughs>
3: Matt job is why do you torture me <laughs> the people what have need I to done? know uh, well s- now disclaimer <laughs> uh, when i when i read the press release for this i it was almost like reading an entirely different language because i know very little about warhammer so when i was reading like all the names of the different <laughs> characters and the factions and stuff i was like like I was holding my glasses off and going like what? Like, <laughs> oh, you mean sorry, like what?
1: <laughs> Marnaeus Kalgar of the Ultramarines and Ortark of the Eldari Craftworlds.
3: Yeah, of course, but of course those those great great old guys. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who are those guys? we right lads. Yeah, huh. yeah right lads. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Risk that classic uh, family board game. Uh, that's incredibly old now, um, in board game terms. Uh, is getting a finally the people have asked and asked for it, and it's finally happening. It's getting a Warhammer forty thousand um, edition, uh, which I'm not going to remember any of the the names. I'm sorry, Matt Jarvis, but it's taking place on a planet. vigorous Yeah, that's the one. Uh, so I've got and... I've got you
1: back here.
3: Yeah, thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I believe there are a selection of factions you can choose from:
1: Ultramarines, Orcs, Chaos Space Marines, Eldari, Craftworlds, and Gene Steeler Cults. There Jean- you go. Gene oh,
3: Steeler
2: Cults. Oh, God damn it! Can't even put the proper <laughs> Gene in.
1: Oh, here comes the actual Warhammer Forty
2: Thousand. <laughs> yeah, Wheels,
0: <Bills>. help me <laughs> right. out here.
2: look, Tyranids do not get enough love. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yeah, and it—I mean, it's risk, but with Warhammer stuff, I yeah. think there's some added complexities with some of the abilities that different factions have and their leaders um, but for the most part it just sounds like yeah
1: yeah in, so, in some ways this is how has this not happened before now uh, but I suppose you could have said the same thing about Monop- uh, Monopoly Warhammer 40,000 that came out a couple of years ago Because the both of those have been around forever, and yet somehow never collided.
2: They they went Monopoly first, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Risk second. Very strange. In a world of eternal (laughs) war, there is only property management.
3: (laughs) 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 Can you? I'm imagining right. A poor, some poor guy setting up his little house on one of those planets, and be like, Oh, I can't wait to charge rent on this. I'm going to make a business finally. <laughs> and then, like, a horde of space marines or something just comes trundling through it's and just like... destroys
1: it. <laughs> thingy mole man <laughs> from The Simpsons just. A <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> on someone's spaceship, just lands on it. Just. <laughs> Sorry, I thought this was free parking
1: (laughs) (laughs) But um, I I haven't, to be honest I haven't double checked this But I saw some folks saying that only two of the faction leaders are named as well So there's five factions, but only two of the leaders have names Which is a little bit of a weird, like You're important, and you're important And then everyone else is just Leader Orc, Leader Marine I don't know
2: yeah, Orcs and Chaos and Elder all have named characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this
1: point, the lore of Warhammer 40,000 is kind of the thing, right? It's, yeah. it's yeah. being made into Black books, Library. it's being made into films. Yeah. That's very odd. So. Awesome.
3: Even anyway. I know that, and I'm a total scrub when it comes to Warhammer, really. Just in general, really, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. TLC would identify me as a scrub. <laughs> um, yes, uh, there you go. The, there's the, the hot news on risk
1: <laughs> wonderful uh, in a little bit more interesting news this one's also uh, was written up by you uh, Quest which is a RPG speaking of RPGs that probably deserve to get some, some love over d and uh, Quest is getting its first official setting
3: it is indeed um, yeah it's called The Reach um, I spoke to the lovely TC Sotek uh, who is the creator for Quest Uh, basically like hey give me all the hot details and they were like "Uh, yeah so it's based off an idea of like a sandbox RPG which is really interesting I've not really heard of that before Um, where characters are basically encouraged to kind of go off and follow their own missions uh, dependent on kind of what factions they want to align themselves with so there are 12 different factions uh, free for the city in which the setting is kind of based around, and free uh, representing the quote enemies, which I think are linked to some sort of terrible cataclysmic event that is happening to the rest of the world, except for this one city, because it's being protected by an artefact of some sort. Um, and yeah like player characters find themselves in this location they can choose what missions they want to do but they have to choose them before they do the session because essentially if they choose to do one mission and they they refuse another one um, that mission that they refuse basically counts against that faction and eventually if a faction goes far enough down what's called a doomsday clock then uh, a kind of triggering climactic event happens uh, to do with that faction and then essentially the the campaign ends with that so it's very like open worldy it's very there's plenty of gaps there for like players to fill in with their own ideas and the guide or the GM to fill in Uh, and it will be available for free just download off the the website so that sounds cool Mm. Yeah, yeah
1: it's very neat I think we're well obviously speak on behalf of the team but i think we're all pretty big fans of quest we uh johnny's review is fantastic if you've not heard of quest um it's kind of like a quest is it's a fantasy rpg although i mean we're saying it hasn't really had a setting till now it's kind of quite loose but you just roll one 20-sided die you have a class and you can pick abilities in that class but it's all very streamlined it's very friendly the book is really gorgeous the um Mm. i can't remember the artist's name unfortunately but um... Like the look of yeah. it and the feel of it is just, it's very welcoming. It's very easy to pick up, but you can have a lot of fun with it. It doesn't feel kind of shallow or kind of less of an RPG. I think it just, it really nails that, hey, pick me up, get going with me. It is, more so than it sounds like the, like the Stranger <laughs> Things set, for instance, which is, yeah. Yeah. I think, again, one of those things where more people will have heard of Stranger Things D&D than they will have heard of Quest. But I think in a lot of ways, Quest is better. And if you would like to see Quest in action.
4: Oh, sorry, Lolis. I was going to do do the segue. I was going to go, it's pretty loosey goosey. And if you like Geese and you like Quest, then you should check out our Let's Play that we did, um, the second episode of which is coming out this weekend. So you can catch up on the first episode and then catch the second episode this Sunday.
1: What if I don't like Geese, Lolis? What if I like another animal? Say, for instance, pulling one of the
2: uh, otters?
4: (laughs) Cows? (laughs)
0: Are um, mm, there a cars? owl. A particularly an owl. Aggressive
2: oh, yeah. owl. <laughs> I forgot about the owl. I forgot well,
0: about the owl. Well that was
1: me. uh Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was so it was a game we originally well. ran for um Treehouse, um, which mm. is a kind of charity organization or working on behalf of a charity. Um The Treehouse is sorry, Treehouse is the charity. Um and it was Lost Odyssey who was running the stream. Yeah. Uh, which ran a little while back. Uh, and it was what's the word? chaotic yeah, is definitely chaotic. a word.
4: I was going to say we should stop using the word chaotic because I think that's just like, that's just dice breaker. That's yeah. part of the I course. We need to find yeah.
1: subgenres <laughs> within chaotic.
2: You know how they say chaos is a ladder? Like, imagine that somebody, like, got on the ladder and then it immediately broke off the wall and they fell directly down the pit all in one <laughs> big swoop.
3: That's <laughs> it. it! We need a word for that. Dice like, breaker. What's, what's the, <laughs> the, the first few minutes of that video is just us laughing. I was <laughs> ge-
1: genuinely <laughs> crying within seconds. Like,
3: yeah. like My, it, my insides felt like they were going to explode. Like I was laughing so much. Yeah. So if that doesn't sell you on it, plus the idea of Johnny. If you ever wondered if Johnny could sound like Phil Mitchell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, While pretending to be an owl. was
2: playing a, a very small, and angry owl. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's oh, a, a treat.
1: Uh, cool. Uh, the uh, the last thing I'll mention here in terms of Kickstarters uh, going on at the moment is Sea of Legends, which actually lands on Kickstarter next week on May the 5th. But we have a preview up on the site courtesy of Eric Watson, who played a bit of it, and it sounds really neat. It sounds kind of a bit like Merchants of Marauders, so it's kind of an open world or sandboxy pirate game. Um, but then it's got a kind of storytelling aspect to it, and it has a companion app. You could you have like a love interest and a rival, and you can choose to
3: pursue well, one or
1: the either or both. And I'm
3: it invested. sounds really
2: neat.
3: Do you get to like make up the story for your love interest or not?
2: Um, they could not stop you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you if you wish to write fan fiction about your Sea of Legends love interest, yeah. I'm sure that. <laughs> that will be permitted.
3: You That'll be that me...
4: Que- <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I was just going to say, you asked that question the way you asked about the priest in, in Dungeon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Does he look like the priest in blah, blah, blah,
3: or not? <laughs> Bag,
1: Hot <laughs> okay. priest, yeah.
3: Look, uh, I have a certain interest <laughs> and I just want to know if I'm being catered to or not. And... <laughs> this game you know obviously the pirate aspects of it sound great and the the gameplay aspects but my ears immediately perked up at the idea that you can have a love interest i just want to like be a cool pirate queen i think you can do that yeah wrangles herself uh, 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 a partner in crime
1: as far as (laughs) i know you can you can be a pirate in this game you can be a pirate you can sail around you can do piratey things and then you can also have a love interest, have a rival, that kind of thing. So yeah, it sounds, it sounds neat.
4: You know, I'm a real-life pirate. Sorry? I'm a real-life pirate.
1: What? So, is it just you downloading dodgy copies of Game of Thrones, <laughs> but like wearing a hat and swigging rum, yarr. and you like, yarr, stick it to the man. No,
4: I'm licensed sailor, and I used to fence. And I have an Irish accent, which is close to a parallel accent. Mm. Have you committed any
2: crimes on the high seas, though? <laughs> yes. Yeah?
4: As far as you know, yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. No, 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 as far as you know, I haven't committed any crimes. But you're like, yeah, I mean, look, as far as you know, I've committed loads of crimes. <laughs> I'm
3: imagining Loli in a dinghy, like, throwing a can of something into the war and be like, look there! <laughs>
0: you
2: are, littering. International <laughs> waters littering. <laughs> I've
4: never litter in the ocean. No.
3: <laughs> it is terrible.
1: You may be a pirate, but you're a conscientious <laughs> yeah. pirate.
3: Yeah. yeah. Save the environment.
4: Eco pirate. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, you know, pirating isn't all fun. Just, you know, scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on <laughs> Yeah let's take
1: some emails shall we
2: <laughs> I'm just uh, looking at the time Ticking We're already over an hour
1: <laughs> We're almost on time For this group We're Let's say we're on time uh, We've been here for see, The people out there They just see the like Neat kind of One and a half hour version of this Whereas we've been here for five hours Just having to edit out Every <laughs> tangent that we go on <laughs> Uh but I'm gonna read I'm gonna read an email here and kick Yay. off the, the email portion of the show.
0: Oh
1: uh, yeah. Hey team. I've got a group of friends who in this trying time of social distancing insist upon many long games of cards against humanity online. I'm sl- no. I'm slowly I'm going slowly mad. Have you got any suggestions for other games that can be played via Discord that are, in a word, better? That's begging Have for better board games from Kate.
2: Any other games. A- anything, yeah. <laughs> yeah um there are plenty of like if you like that kind of draw some cards and make jokes about them kind of thing there are plenty things like that i really love fun employed fun employed is really good fun um a lot of the better ones i think rather than you just sort of like playing a card and reading them out which can be a little bit sort of a bit generic and a bit flat um i tend towards the ones where you have to like maybe debate or you have to sort of like Put yourself in a in a role that kind of thing. Fun employees ask you to go for a job um, based on some weird quirks that you draw out of a deck. So it's like you're going for the job of head mime. Uh, you are incredibly loud and cannot stop talking, and you have forearms. Crack on, you know, like something like that. Um, there's also things like snake oil. Um, oh, I love
3: snake oil! I've got snake oil. Up.
2: You you get two cards and combine them to make a new like stupid invention that you have to try and like um, sell. Get yeah. get people around the table to buy, which is very good. Um, but yeah, there's there's lots of like lots of things like that. I'm sure you guys will have some very good suggestions as well. But things that don't punch down and don't rely on like twelve year old levels yeah. of humour. But yeah,
3: um, <laughs> step up, loli's. I believe in you. What you got for us? <laughs> Nothing
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think actually, we, we played this on the channel. Wavelength is good fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's it's right up there with the very best of them, but I think for a couple rounds, it's on Tabletop Sim, but there's also versions that I think people worked out how to just play it. It's essentially you have a topic to debate between two ends of a spectrum, so it could be, I don't know, good people and bad people, or whatever have you, good films and bad films. Sexy Pokemon on non-sexy Pokemon. Um, <laughs> and then the, the clue giver picks uh, kind of somewhere on a scale from one to the other. So let's say a mediumly sexy Pokemon. Um, and then, but that's only they see that and they have to give a very short clue to the rest of the group or to teams if you're playing it in teams. Uh, it can mm. be play cop. Um, to try and get as close to that on the scale as they can. Uh, which I think is, it's a really good kind of concept. I don't think it's executed perfectly, but it's like, it's very good fun if you get the right group. It's that kind of yeah. like it doesn't do the the jokes for you, but there's plenty of room there to just kind of be silly and whatnot.
2: I would say it's not technically a tabletop game, but it might as well be as well during the current um, stay-at-home uh, pandemic thing. <laughs> stay-at-home pandemic thing! <laughs> um, Jackbox games yeah. are fantastic for that kind of thing. Like uh, TKO, I know that you guys love... Um Quiplash is very good if you want to just like be given a prompt and try and make up a joke. Um and they actually ask you to be creative rather than just sort of like choosing a card from a hand. So I would recommend those any day of the week as well. Yeah,
1: I think a lot of them are very similar to tabletop games and they've basically just added a mobile component. Yeah because I think there's patently stupid, which is basically snake oil, there's drawful that is uh
2: somewhere in the realm of telestrations and stuff like that. So there is also um Fibbage, which is basically uh, Boulder Dash. Um yeah. Fibbage is great though <laughs> But yeah, I would I would absolutely recommend grabbing those guys, seeing everyone's playing things on like uh, HTML versions of card games or tabletop simulator you might as well grab something like that and I think quite a few of them have been on sale recently
1: Yeah, and I think uh, Johnny isn't here, but Johnny's been playing the digital version of Love Letter, which kind of, it's not the same kind of party game, hey make jokes but it's kind of quick card game Um, that I think works quite well. Mm. So there you go.
3: I would just say... To be honest, I'd say monikers, but it's impossible to get a copy of that. So... Maybe in a dream. (laughs) 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 I think you could...
1: could, I think there may be a a print-and-play version of um, monikers. Yeah, probably. I might be wrong. Or I think you could probably... Homebrewer version yourself and then obviously support yeah. the creators when you're next able to. Um but it's it's kind of a mashup of charades and um taboo and something yeah. else. It's kind of like three games in one. But yeah. Cool. Uh Alex mian would you like to read this one
2: from Savannah? Oh my goodness. Savannah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just like molasses
2: um, dripping out your mouth.
3: <laughs>
0: um,
3: Savannah asks, um, are there any games you originally hated that came to love or vice versa? Thanks, Savannah. Catan. Really?
4: Which way? <laughs> uh, well, I initially hated it and then I loved it. Um... I played, I played Catan for the first time a few years back when I was working in a board game cafe and I was playing it with everyone else who'd played it a million times before and I'd never played before and I didn't really get uh, the rules explained properly to me so I didn't really know how we were supposed to win and then of course like everyone was doing things that you're supposed to do in the game and I ended up like losing terribly and I was like I don't even know what I was supposed to be doing throughout that whole game. And I really hated it, and I just after that I was like, I don't understand why people like this game, it's just it's horrible, like I don't like it, blah blah blah. And then uh, a few years later, about a year ago, I think, um, played it somewhere else, my other job, and with a bunch of people who'd never played it before, and it was great. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I do see why people like this game, but I hated it for a few years, and I was just like, whenever people are like, Oh, Town's a great game, I'd be like, no, it's not. But i only <laughs> ever had that, like, one experience of it. Um, and it was bad. So mm. I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind, anyway, when, when I think of a game that I initially hated.
1: I oh. think I've said this elsewhere, but my, my favourite game of last year, uh, PAX Premier, the second edition of PAX Premier specifically, the first time I played it, I didn't hate it, but I just, just didn't get it. Because it's, it's by the creator of Root, uh, which I mm-hmm. thought was brilliant, uh, Cole Worley. And I played it and I was like, this this is just okay. You know, it was it was just fine. Um and it didn't really it didn't really click with me, I suppose you could say. And then I played it again. There was some there was enough there where I was like, okay, I'm gonna play it again. That and the fact that I was reviewing it and needed to play it again. Um and then I, it kind of warmed to me a little bit. And then by about the fourth or fifth time I was playing it, I was like, actually this is really, really brilliant. And it it wasn't a case of like not getting the rules, I think it was just like the experience you know it was that thing of like it just takes a while to grow on you and you start to understand why things work together uh going the other way speaking of Cards Against Humanity I think most people went for a stage of being like this game's really fun and then mm. being like oh this game's really awful um yeah. but I definitely had that I think when it when it first came out it was like oh this is funny and then it's like oh no it's really not funny it's no nope. and you mm. just yeah Right there, it's
4: just you. very samey after a while isn't it yeah yeah, yeah.
1: That and the fact that the the topics are just like, come on.
4: Yeah,
3: Ugh. not fun. Um, for me, it was probably Cosmic Encounter. Um, the first time I played that game, I was completely like dumped on. Uh, I think because we played with some of the more advanced aliens in the pack. So I was kind of like, I'm not 100% sure what I'm supposed to be doing. And, like, I've been playing... Again, like, with you, lowlies, so I was playing with people who were experienced in the game. Mm. And I was like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I kind of sat there. And then I think I actually fell asleep because I was tired. <laughs> but um <laughs> the I gave it another go uh, a few, like, months or so later. Uh, and we played with the beginner set of aliens. And, you know, I was more awake. Uh, and I really loved it like it's one of those games that i think we talked about it before at some point but um uh it's really good and it is one of those games that encourages you to be mean um and gang up on people but it's like all fair game because then the next minute you could gang up with someone else or you could easily be ganged up on yourself uh it's very much like you're just looking out for you and um you take the opportunities where you can but uh, I really want to play the two-player version that they've released. Is that out yet? I, can't. I don't oh, think I it is out yet.
1: Coming. I would like to play that. I think it's literally just called Cosmic Encounter Duel, right? Yeah. I'm it's very right. intrigued to see how that works yeah. because it feels like the whole thing of Cosmic Encounter is the teaming up and alliances. and. But uh, yeah, Cosmic Encounter, is it's a hell of a game.
3: What about um, you, Mr. Whelan? Oh, sorry, Lolis.
2: Uh, I was going to say the. I was talking about this with you guys in the office, and I haven't really made it public on on anything. But every time I play Fog of Love, I get less interested in it. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I'm not sure if it's just not for me, um, or if I've just not played it with the right people. But like, the the first time, like when I learned about it, I was like, "That's an incredible idea! I'm really excited about it." And then waited a very very long time to finally get a copy because I kept getting sold out. And then I got it, and I played the first game, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, that was good." And then the second time, I was like. A uh, third time, I was like, "Oh God, no! I don't like this. I really don't like this." Yeah. Um, I think it's just, uh, I think it, it promises a lot and doesn't necessarily deliver, in my opinion. Um, and it's got one of those kind of styles where, like, about halfway through, you're just you feel like you're retreading a lot of water, and it's yeah, it didn't gel with me after a while. Um, I can't think of something that I didn't like and then did like because I'm an incredibly stubborn person.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um,
4: love letter was kind of like that for me as well, actually, thinking back. Because um, I think the, the first version I played was the Kanai Factory one.
0: Oh um, wow!
4: Like, I don't know if it's. I, I I haven't played it since that that time. I don't like those first few times when I played it, and I don't know if it's any different or much different or what it was. But I and it was also, we played it two player, which I don't think is ideal for Love Letter. But Mm. yeah, it was, I really didn't like it. And then it was my best friend and I played it a few times and he loved it. And I was like, And then I, then we kind of moved to different places and I've played it since. And I, like Love Letter is one of my top favorite games ever. Like I can play it to death, uh, especially the premium edition. And I remember like um, maybe a year or so later being to him like, Love Letter is a great game. And he's like, I know, I've been trying to tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> I do like yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just playing with you. <laughs>
1: I think, yeah, two players, that game is not. Because it's like elimination, so it's just like, oh, yeah. you won. Oh, I yeah. won. Oh, you won. You yeah. should does
3: th- lose something, yeah. You should try uh, Starcrossed, Wills. You hmm? should really try Starcrossed. Um, oh, you told me about this, yeah. the RPG, right? Yeah, yeah. It's an RPG made by the same people who made Dread. And it's using the Jenga tower as well. Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, no. I really want to play this. Actually, I completely forgot about that.
3: Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a romance RPG where yeah, you're the another person
2: the Jenga tower is like the romantic tension, right?
3: Yeah. Yes. Uh,
2: yeah. No. I love so, that. I think that's 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 a lot a lot smarter. Um, it good. Yeah, I'm really into yeah.
3: That. It sounds so good, and I want to play it. And you can. You can download, or well, you can buy it and download it from RPG. You can also get it from the website. I'm trying to remember the name of the publisher. Uh, yeah, I. Weird name. I it
0: think
1: is. it's the Bully Pulpit. Uh, so the designer is Alex Roberts. Yeah. So I think it may be a different publisher and designer to Dread. Are you dread. sure? Yeah, is Alex Roberts. Bully
2: Pulpit is the website I'm on now.
1: Yeah, they're the fiasco okay. folks. But Alex Roberts definitely designed it, I'm pretty certain. Sure.
3: Maybe I'm just getting confused because I swear I was on that the publisher's website the other day, and Starcross was also on there. So I don't know. It's... I mean, I, I
1: don't know. The Impossible, Impossible
3: Dream. I, I think the publisher for Dread is called.
1: Oh, oh, maybe that's. Um, it might be the maybe the physical and digital editions are out at different places, but or maybe there are different editions or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But cool. Uh...
2: okay. Oh, Every time. Ah. Uh. <laughs> let's play board games uh, okay
1: um, could Wills could you read this one from Kieran please
2: I love Mansions of Madness specifically because it has the app with the atmospheric ish storytelling uh, are there any other games out there like that it's from Kieran uh, Chakravorty I apologise if I mispronounced that. Um, there's quite a few app-based games now. I know, um, Matt. Did you say you've been playing the Lord of the Rings one from Fantasy Flight?
1: Yeah, Journeys in Journeys in Middle Earth. I think yeah. it's called. Of I always Middle call Earth. it <laughs> yeah, Middle Earth. Yeah, I often Earth. confuse it with like Journeys <laughs> through Middle Earth, but I think it's yeah. called Journey Journeys in Middle Earth. It's very much Mansions of Madness 2.0. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose 2.5 because second yeah. edition of Mansions of Madness,
0: yeah. but it's <laughs>
1: uh, it's very much built on that gameplay. But I think part of uh, the bits that are better in journeys in middle earth are actually the app parts so enemies have more kind of keywords associated with them and the app just kind of supports kind of a more kind of dynamic experience so you have like branching story paths and it tracks a campaign and you can unlock items and level up with experience it's kind of like a role-playing light um, experience whereas mansions is very much like the self-contained one off mystery thing mm. um, I would actually love because I, I much prefer the, the theme and the setting and the characters of Mansions but I do really enjoy the way that Journeys in Middle Earth handles some of its kind of bigger longer uh, storytelling stuff so I'd really like them to make Mansions crossover, of crossover right third edition basically yeah based on that uh, no you want thing, a crossover but... But oh yeah, yeah yeah just and... <laughs> Frodo. get
0: away from
3: them tentacles <laughs> <laughs> no, Mr. Frodo, don't go near the giant dark mass.
1: I won't drop a no eve, sir. You shall die. Uh, <laughs> it's just
2: Gandalf Nicholas, summoning. Uh... What do your 30 eyes see? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's very good.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, Journey's uh, in the left. It's very good. Uh, I don't know, does anyone else have any kind of. Well, do you, I guess, do you also like app, like companion app Why? games? Because some people don't.
2: I tend no. to not. I do really like, um, I'm quite a big fan of Unlock I, and I know I need to play the exit games. Um, but yeah, apart from that, and specifically because Unlock is designed around, you know, looking at the cards and then just putting a button every now and again just to sort of like, it's almost like a GM, just sort of like telling you if you're right or not. Apart from that, I tend to find that apps put me off from games, hmm. um, especially of Madness. I really didn't vibe with it when I played it. I think I just prefer everything to be like, physical and on the table and not have to worry about, like, a digital version next to me.
4: Yeah, I think I'm a purist like that as well. I just uh, it, It's a board game, right? So, oh, I like board games. <laughs> I want to play board oh, games. Oh,
1: jeez. Alright, Reddit. That's not me.
4: <laughs> Alright, Reddit. <laughs> um, um, having said that, I haven't really played many app-based games, so, I mean, my mind could still be changed, but I think it's just that thought of bringing technology in just like kind of puts me off a bit although having said that when i was a kid i remember playing a game where i think it was like one of those like girly games where you like had to i think it was called babysitter or something and you you were like and you played it with with a dvd or something
0: oh
3: now dvds (laughs) this is an entirely different thing Lily. this is another
4: it was a board game and you had to do stuff and then you had to like and then the D V D did stuff with it. I don't I don't really remember. It, I was like eleven or something, but I really enjoyed that as a kid, so you never know. <laughs> but <laughs> I can to um, play it now. <laughs> Let's do it. I'll do it. I'm, oh, I'm oh. not sure
2: if I could find it, but I've got a uh, a DVD Spongebob SquarePants quiz <gasps> that I could send you away. <laughs>
0: um, oh Lord. Can we do that now? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, I've actually been watching Spongebob. <laughs> I know you have. That's <laughs> it. Um, I have been obsessed for many years with VHS board games because I think they're hilarious and they're like a time capsule because they literally just coincided with the boom of, of VHS as a as a medium. And like everyone was just trying to make as many videos as possible regardless of quality or what they could do. <laughs> And, like, there's a series called Nightmare, Mm
0: -hmm. which is,
3: like, a horror board game series. And uh, it's a simple, like, move around the board and do stuff. But there's a guy on the screen who just berates you. And he's wearing, like, this big hood and isn't he, he
2: called he's the got, gatekeeper as well yeah he's called yeah, the
3: gatekeeper you,
2: you can tell he sits in games workshop stores and tells people that they shouldn't be playing <laughs> yeah
3: it's so I love that sort of thing I think it's so like um, Bob Mortimer over so, it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so quaint um, as for app based board games I quite like them as long as they're done I mean i like them as long as they're done well like it doesn't bother me like uh the xcom board game uh, i think is really good it's a co-op board game based on the video game series and um it's that the app just helps to manage like uh the, the many different kind of elements of the game and helps you keep track of because it's like a time like it's like it's like a time-based game so you've got like a a limit in which you need to get things done before that uh and it helps keep track of that but it also provides like a good sense of atmosphere it's very stressful to play the game but it's kind of meant to be because XCOM itself is quite a stressful series um and the new forgotten waters game that's coming out the crossroads game uh, which is in the same series of dead of winter and made by the same one of the same co creators?
1: Yeah, I think Isaac Vega's in there, right?
3: Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's like it's a pirate game and the app is just there to help provide like random scenarios that you can counter and like little I'm sure there'll be some sound effects and various other things.
1: In fact, it is voiced by multiple people from the world of anime, including the voice of Vegeta. Oh uh, from Dragon Ball Z.
3: So Matt Jarvis is interested. You've got Matt Jarvis. Oh, I just Jarvis. it's.
1: I think there's some folks from like My Hero Academia and stuff like that as well. There's like some relatively big names from from mm. anime. I uh, wish you yeah. hadn't
2: told me that. It's maybe less interested <laughs> to play it. I um I I do think that my my biggest gripe usually with with app based games is like having to. Do my turn on the table and then mm. tell the app what I've just done. It's like it feels very inelegant and clunky. Whereas, like I like it when apps are quite sort of intrinsic to how you play. Like that, um, I really want to play it. I haven't had a chance to yet. But the detective game where all of the cards have QR scanners.
1: Oh, uh, Chronicles sort of, of Crime is this? Yeah.
2: So you you literally like you you lay out your list of suspects and witnesses and stuff. And then based on what you're doing, you just scan the QR code for that thing. And then it's all sort of context sensitive, yeah. which I think is really yeah. clever because it's not you sort of like draw a card. Okay, now put this code in an app and then it will tell you what to do. And then it will tell you to do some more things with the deck where it feels like you're like jumping back and forth. It's mm. all very much, I'm playing the game with the app. Like it's, they're not two things that you have to tell each other what they're doing sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. The
1: increasing trend of, cause I, I don't mind companion apps. Like I wouldn't want to just play nothing but companion app games but there was an increasing trend for a while of just games that would say download our companion app and it was just like a glorified 30 second timer it's like <laughs> i don't need this your terrible stock music playing in the background <laughs> leave me alone just put a sand timer in the box uh, oh
3: goodness
1: <laughs> it really or
2: just like do what, what um do what Escape uh, Curse of the Temple does and just give them a CD yeah. and if you want yeah! you get it on
1: YouTube yeah. nowadays it would be like a Spotify playlist or like well a- yeah
2: no the, it was available you could download the MP3 yeah. or it was on YouTube or you could um, play the CD on something but then the best thing was that um, there were alternative versions of the audio track where you could have it where as soon as the timed thing comes in where you have to get back to the start it started playing yakety sacks. <laughs> 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 oh god that's a good one. Shout game. out to
3: Escape Man, what a game. Yeah, it's great.
1: Uh let me find a question for for Lolis to read next. Um I didn't prep this, or so I got too carried away with just dumping on timer <laughs> apps.
3: Well, as you know, Wills, anything that's to do vaguely to do with Jungle Run I love. So that's why <laughs> Escape uh,
1: We're not we can't bring up Jungle Run Escape again. We've had like our nineties kids T V show thing. Uh, Lolis, could you read this question down at the bottom from uh, Isabel on Twitter?
3: Um,
4: Isabel asks, what are your favorite tactile elements of a board game? What makes them really nice to play with, e.g. materials for pieces, the finish on cards, etc.? We actually spoke about Suro earlier, and I really, really love the dragon pieces in Suro. Mm. They're just like this really um, smooth kind of what, is it plastic i don't even it know it almost but... feels like
2: carved stone doesn't it i know yeah, it's not it but it feels like yeah. a little trinket almost it's really nice
4: yeah. and there's they're just like really simplistic but really beautiful and like that's one of my favorite bits i think um uh what's the name of that company that does wingspan is a Stegmeier or something mm-hmm. Oh,
1: stone my games
4: stone my they often do like fancy finish on cards um as well which is like uh, I, d- I don't know what you call it but it it, feels Is it the time? linen linen finish
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. linen finish exactly. Uh, that's quite good as all. Well. I would say that
1: there's
2: Oh, sorry, carry on, Matt.
1: I was just going to say metal coins in any. <laughs> game quite <laughs> <able>. <laughs> uh, I know. love metal coins. Like, uh, I think Century Spice Road has metal coins, Seafall has them, Charterstone has oh, them. Yeah. I just like yes. when you're able to pour them out and it's just like. It's like a really good. Rather than like horrible plasticky coins, mm. there's nothing worse than like just weird plasticky. Pop black. out
2: cardboard ones are fine for me.
1: They're fine, but if, if there's metal coins in there, good metal coins, very satisfying. You can just chink about, them together, like ding, ding, ding.
3: What about coin scum, Matt Jarvis? Sorry? Coin what did scum. You coin
1: me? <laughs> coin scum. <laughs> what did you yeah, coin me? Coin
3: scum? What did you coin me? No, when, like, coins get, like, Grime on oh, it right. yeah. You get, you get on, coin scum yeah. I've
1: never had it happen with a board game before I think it only really happens with like pennies That have been in circulation since 1965 Doesn't it?
2: I think my problem is that I assume all coins are like that And I yeah. immediately get graced out right. I think coppers are rank <laughs>
1: Alex Meehan who gets paid in like Victorian tuppence <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're groats Matt <laughs> They're groats
2: Some lovely coin scum <laughs> on these ones <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I was going to yeah. say my my absolute favourite um, components of board games. I've got two. There's um, the plastic gems that you get in games like Escape, Curse of the Temple. Mm. I love plastic oh, yeah. gems. I've no idea why, but I think they're so much fun. Um, but then I also really like, um, and this is Stonemaier Games again, um, so uh, boards that have those little, like, divots cut out for the mm. tokens to go in, like in Scythe. Um, my favourite thing in Scythe is the fact that you can upgrade by literally just picking up a thing that reveals a good thing and then cover up a thing that that shows a bad thing and that's such a like it's it's so beautifully intuitive and so satisfying to move all the little tokens around it really like just lights up a little uh, synapse in my brain whenever I do that.
1: I remember playing Eclipse, uh, the sci-fi the big sci-fi game and in that you have loads and loads of cubes and you take them off your player sheet to reveal things as you upgrade them Mm -hmm. Um, and I accidentally caught the edge of mine uh, during one game, and it just went boof into, oh, I don't know, like 20, no. 30 cubes just all over the place. <laughs> and yeah, since then, just having that like double layered cardboard, like you say, just to plonk them in, it's so satisfying. And yeah. also, it stops me, who's a clumsy fool, just <laughs> knocking things um, over.
3: I will say, Soro of the Seas, the dice as well, are really nice. They've got like a nice heavy feel to them. Like my friend and I were like throwing them obviously like rolling them on the table uh, and we were like we just looked at each other and said that's really good, that's a really nice feel um, and also oh oh yeah um, the, the little rhino hero from Rhino Hero, the little figurine made out <laughs> of cardboard like Haber do, not cardboard like wood, like Haber do really nice little wood figurines for a lot of their games like they do them for that and they also have another game called Animal Upon Animal which ha- also has lovely little cardboard, why do I keep saying cardboard? <laughs> wooden! <laughs> lovely little wooden figurines um, the guys who do ghost splits as well which aren't Haber. Um, it's, uh, t- yes. T- Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, the the little pieces in that game as well are really nice. Like the little ghost is very smooth. Uh, it makes me feel like I'm a toddler again. i like messing about with all like the little pieces.
1: Smooth, oh the little mysterious smooth ghost. Yeah, the there. little
2: mysterium pieces are really nice as well. The little plastic things. I haven't actually yeah. managed to grab them yet, but the the Disney uh, villainous ones are always talked about as well.
4: I've yeah, I've got them. They're, they're just really like intricate and beautiful. Mm. Actually, they're just nice to look at. Um, <laughs> speaking of wooden wooden meeples, actually, uh, Men at Work have great meeples, like with the little um, hard hats, which I'm are adorable. desperate to play Men at Work.
0: Yeah, I really, I really want to play Men at Work.
3: It's if, if it's anything like Junk Art then I want to play.
4: Junkart
2: Junk. is great.
3: I think Junkart is better.
4: Men at Work is fun. I think Men at Work is more fun to look at than it's more play, gimmicky. In my opinion, yeah. I, in my opinion, it's it's nice, but hmm. uh, I think Junkart is better. I think because Junk Art has like so many different levels um, mm. that you can like play so many versions of a game,
3: which makes yeah. it really good. Yeah, also, I also really want to. Sorry about Jarvis. No, you go ahead. I also really want to, I really want to play wingspan just because of the components in that game as well, like the little eggs. Mm. they look like delicious, like icing eggs. Oh,
0: mini they're, they're eggs so,
3: yeah <laughs> yeah, mini yeah. eggs they're like little little. They're very pastel coloured.
2: I don't know if you if you could tell from me talking about infinity earlier, by the way. But I love scenery as well. I think mini game scenery is really really nice and chunky and tactile, and especially like the wooden um, laser cut ones are really really nice to pick up and place. Really it makes satisfying. me want
4: to like smash my hand through.
2: Why <laughs> would you do that? That's what an I'm agent not. Of I'm chaos. not letting you play then. <laughs> God, when
4: you held that up to the camera, I was like, if I if that was in front of me, I would just really want to smash my hand through and see. Like, <laughs> Remind me to playing. never play Infinity
2: with you ever.
4: Then <laughs> such oh, <gosh>.
3: destructive nature. <laughs>
1: Were you a kid that just walked along the beach kicking (laughs) sandcastles? Absolutely.
2: Lonies, don't answer that question. I already know the answer. (laughs) Well, it was a
1: crime committed at sea, so you'll probably own up to it in a
0: second.
1: Uh, Uh,
2: Technically, it was a crime committed by the sea officer, so I'm not a pirate. (laughs) Thanks very much. Hey, I am a
1: pirate. Uh, I'll also say neoprene mats is something Mm. that I like, when they're included by default. Uh, I...
4: I hate the feel of them, but I do appreciate, like when I, I got one for Star Realms, which is completely unnecessary, but I was very excited to get one for Star Realms. Um, but yeah, I quite like it when when they do mats instead of boards as well. I think that's really mm.
2: nice. Oh, the uh, the Dragoon one, Lolis, mm. is so nice. The like um, cloth, uh, it's almost like a little doily that you lay out, uh, which you play on. It's really, really nice. Mm. I love rolling things up. I think rolling things up is really nice <laughs> until they Speaking... don't fit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Speaking of dragoon, the dragons and dragoon are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, they have they have like normal plastic versions that are really nice colours, especially like the really light blue one is like turquoise one is lovely. But then they also have metal ones, and they're like they the proper heavy, and it's just. Oh yeah! I actually like that was the first thing when I went to Essen last year. That was the first stand I stopped at because I was walking past, and it was the pieces
3: and the board and everything else. It's a gorgeous it board game. Stop! Yeah. yeah.
4: Um.
3: Yeah. Mm. Up, there, a, up there. There's a new game called Canvas coming out. Um, it's on Kickstarter right now, and it is gorgeous. And it's about painting, but you can hang the box up on your wall. Mm. Like like a painting, uh, and you like use transparent cards to layer on top of one another to create different images, uh, and the cards are, look really nice as well. Uh, so, I might invest in that one. I really
2: like the box of by Tim Fowles. The way it like pulls mm. out and makes a screen that's got all these little yeah. like, mm. boxes like that are part of like
1: stuff. the setup.
2: Yeah, you yeah. don't see like enough
1: yes yeah. or, or um, slide dice. Or, oh yeah I was going to say yeah, Dice yeah. Forge as well it's like it becomes a temple for the gods mm. and stuff like that it's very cool i uh, also but, speaking of sorry oh, and no 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 <laughs> I'm about to bring things to an end so if you uh, want to bring one I last thing I just want up,
4: to say when you talk about transparent cards end, um, I don't really like the game Gloom but I love the cards in that game I think they're
2: really clever yeah it's yeah. a really really smart design
4: <laughs> anyway, I'll stop now I think we could probably have this conversation forevermore <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, there's some
1: good some good pieces out there we should just get them. we should do like a blind field test <gasps> <laughs> name that meal. can you figure
2: out what this game component is yeah, <laughs> yeah. love that uh,
1: alright yeah I think we we need to bring it to an end there unfortunately we're out of time Aww. so thank you to everyone who sent in some questions if you have a question for the team for a future episode uh, send it to contact at dicebreaker.com use the subject line at db space podcast or tweet us on uh, twitter uh, facebook us we'll put out a call for questions uh, but hey, just let us know, you know, what you're playing and what what you want. If you want any recommendations from us, um, also follow us on Twitter if you don't already. Uh, at join Dicebreaker, we're on Facebook, which is slash I think just slash Dicebreaker. Uh, that might also be. Oh, I should probably know this by now, shouldn't I? Um, yeah,
3: it's yeah, it's it's. Wait, it's that did answer the question. Join Dicebreaker. <laughs> Oh, it is it joined
1: is dicebreaker on join Facebook dice as well. <laughs> uh, but on YouTube, we're just youtube.com uh, slash dicebreaker dicebreaker.com if you don't already visit the website where we've got some really good stuff. Uh, yes, speaking of which, what have we got coming up on youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker video team?
2: Well, Matt Jarvis, we've got a fantastic <laughs> list of content for you right here. Uh, so we have um, a list coming up from Johnny that was going to go out on Sunday, but then we ended up pushing the uh, Mushroom Quest uh, a little bit earlier so look out for that Games That Can Ruin Friendships uh, we've got the third part of Dungeon Breaker coming up and the second part of the aforementioned uh, Mushroom uh, Caper um, but we're also going to be um, if you actually to, to be fair by the time that this uh, video has gone out you would have missed it but we're we're going back to streaming some painting as well and things. I've got all these Infinity Minis in front of me I suppose I should probably jump in on that
1: <laughs> well I just hit my microphone there for a little bit of added pump. Um, <laughs> Should we also
4: mention next week's special?
1: Yes. So for Star Wars Day, which is, of course, May, May the, the 5th. 5th. Yes, on May the 5th. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, Star, Wars 5th. Day, Star Wars Day <laughs> is, is May the 4th. But on May the 5th, as part of our two-day little celebration, uh, we'll be streaming some Scum and Villainy. Uh, RPG, which is not an official Star Wars RPG or associated. Don't come after us or the creators, Disney. Oh gosh! <laughs> By using the hashtag May the Fourth, yeah. you
2: legally agree to be to play an official Star Wars RPG.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, that will be next, wow. though, won't it? Disney will own Twitter, then we're all in for it. <laughs> um, but yes, we'll be we'll be streaming some uh, Scum and Villainy RPG live, which is 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, on youtube.com forward slash Dicebreaker which is 4 o'clock PM um, UK time, BST uh, on May the 5th, the Star Wars day the other Star Wars day, the yeah. better Star Wars day <laughs> May um, the
2: fist be with you <laughs> 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 oh, uh,
1: goodness. Uh, And then as Lodi's mentioned earlier, we'll have some deadlines coming up as well um, at I some point in the future along with all the things you love from Dicebreaker uh, Yeah, we'll have some more stuff for you uh, and then, uh, on the website, on <laughs> com, we will have, uh, from one Alex Meehan, we'll have a list of the best video game board games coming up. <gasps> That's
3: um, why I was talking
1: about XCOM. Yeah. Wink, um, it
3: might be on that list.
1: Already up is a is my review of Auriflam, um, which I, like I say, enjoyed very much, but you can read a little bit more there. Uh, we've got a preview of Sea of Legends, just before it hits kick- Kickstarter next week. Um, and then, at some point, Alex Meehan, you spoke to Matt Mercer of I did. rival D D series, <laughs> Crystal yeah, Ray. very
3: much rival. I'd say we're on the same. Those puns. <laughs> yeah. um,
4: I imagine us having that like dance up. What's that what, from? What movie is
3: that? Where there's like, step up to the streets. To the streets, no. <laughs> yeah. bring it on, boys. Bring it on. The, hmm? the it on. jets and the that sharks.
2: One? Do you mean? Never mind. Pitch Just... Perfect.
4: No, yeah. it's the where the two lads, there's like two rival
0: groups. You yeah, know, the two out. lads.
2: The Jets and the Sharks. From, no, um, there's like two
0: different groups of lads. High School West Musical. West Side Story.
2: Like, yeah, the two groups yeah. are the Jets <laughs> and the Sharks. <laughs>
4: no. Anyway,
3: move on.
2: From um, the one that's got... West Side Story. West Side Story. West Side Story. West Side Story. That's, that's
3: what I was telling you about lately. I literally <laughs> just said West Side Story. Yeah, Did I you? think that's
4: us. That's like...
3: Uh... <laughs> anyway. Good Lord. Um, Yeah, I spoke to Mr. Matt Mercer, who is the DM for Critical Role. Um, he's and the leader he, of the other... Yeah, he's the leader of the pack. You know him well. Um, and he... Uh, wrote the guide to wild mount uh i've been calling it Wilder Mount, but it's not that. yeah i thought it was but um uh D book that was released earlier this year uh if you want to know more there's a preview thoughts piece on the website about it as well but hopefully there should be coming something coming out soon about that particular conversation um and I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but my interview with Eric Lang went out as well. Yes, I but. think
1: we mentioned it. Uh, it would have just been live then. But yeah, yes. you uh, you wrote up a preview of Ankh, Gods of Egypt, uh, yep. which I think is, is still live on Kickstarter, isn't it? It's made yes it's a bunch live. of money.
0: Yeah, it's uh, made some have,
1: money. Who would have thought it? But uh, yeah, yeah, he seemed he seemed to really interesting... I really enjoyed that chat you had with him about gods and going for a beer with, like, Osiris and stuff like that. He seemed like a, a good chap.
2: Did you finish the interview with thank you very much, i <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no.
3: Uh, no, you didn't.
1: <laughs> uh,
3: uh, opportunity missed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll send him an email being, hey, maybe you should have. <laughs> no, For I future don't.
0: interviews. <laughs> uh,
1: and then, uh, to, to finish off, something very special, which should hopefully, I teased this a couple of weeks back, uh, but it should, should... Uh, Who knows in this climate, it should be live by the time you read this. It doesn't work on the older audio (laughs) version. Uh, We're all standing up. Uh, We're wearing uh, some of the new t-shirts and slightly uh, older t-shirts going up on the Dicebreaker Merchandise store, uh, online store that is, Um, which is, uh, we'll have a link on our social media. We'll have a link on the website, um, but there's the Wood for Sheep question mark. So Wood for Sheep Mm -hmm. uh, uh, shirt. Uh, which some folks will know from previous events and conventions. There's the luck be a lady. <laughs> Lowly. <laughs> yeah. It would have been funny if you'd worn like all the t-shirts and just keep taking them off one after the other. Oh, I feel um, bad
2: for anyone listening to the audio version of this book.
1: <laughs> if you want to experience this joke in high high definition, um, 720p. <laughs> Uh there's the yeah, so there's Wood for Sheep, there's Luck Be a Lady, um, which are the two shirts we launched last year, uh which yeah. are both very good. And then we have two new shirts. Woo! One of which is Big Deck Energy. Um <laughs> for for all you trading card fans out there. Yeah. Um Matt and Jarvis's the, best
2: ever joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: Honestly I peaked and I'm gonna ride this way for as long as I can. <laughs> um and then we have Be Nice, Roll Dice.
0: Yeah. The- which I think,
1: one. yeah, which I think kind of sums up the the tone of Dicebreaker yeah. and what we're here to do. So those should be, so Be Nice Roll Dice and um, Big Deck Energy. <laughs> <laughs> Forget my pronunciation right there.
0: Yeah. They
2: will be live on. <laughs> Don't say it if you're uh, from New Zealand. <laughs> uh, they'll be
1: on the, the merchandise store. Well, they should be on there now by the time you're listening to this. And then we'll have the, the slightly two older shirts coming in the next couple of weeks as well. And we already have some plans for merchandise to follow that, which is very exciting. It's uh, very I can't exciting. wait for everyone to see that stuff. So, yeah, that's where we're at. But
0: yeah, we'll
1: be back. <laughs> we'll be back next week
3: done now. She's on the
1: Dicebreaker <laughs> podcast. And it probably, well, it definitely will overrun again. Um, but we'll be back next Friday with another three of the team and myself. But until then, thank you for joining us, Wills.
2: Yeah, very very, uh, very, very sad. he goes straight back into bed
1: well, block. my uh, There you are. Uh, Yo, well, uh, that's blah, 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 blah. been a fantastic podcast. <laughs> 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 thank you, Alex Meehan.
3: Uh, it's been wonderful.
1: <laughs> and thank you, Alex Lonis. So,
3: thank you very
4: much. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I've been Matt Jarvis. Uh, thank you for listening, listeners. Thanks, uh, and Matt. have a lovely day. Bye. Bye. Bye.